everyone. Welcome to the Bruise Less Traveled Beer Club and podcast. I am so excited about today's episode because we are featuring beers from my favorite brewery that I visited when I was in Lexington, Kentucky, Blue Stallion. We're going to be drinking their Dunkel Amber Lager and their Just a Phase New England IPA. We're also going to be speaking with their lead brewer, J.R. Redman, and we're going to go really in-depth to traditional German brewing methods because that's really what they focus on at Blue Stallion. It's a super interesting episode. Plus, I think you're going to be a little bit surprised at some of J.R.'s answers to our rapid-fire questions at the end. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Bruise Less Traveled Podcast and Beer Club. As you know, I am your craft beer loving host, Molly Lamb. We are back in Lexington, Kentucky this week, and I have with me my fantastic August co-host and my good buddy, Ethan. Ethan, how you doing? You want to say a quick hello? Oh, hey, Molly. So good to see you. I love that we keep meeting like this on Wednesdays. It's great. And, uh, you know, we've got some great beers this evening, but we do have uh, a couple other fun things that I was excited about. I'm excited to add to, the, to my little collection here this absolutely delightful little keychain holder here, which I think is also a bottle opener. Is that what I'm seeing? And um, this guy, this light, delightful little postcard from folks at visitlex.com. Um, I don't know if you caught what's on the back, but it made me chuckle. It says, respect the bourbon drink drink the beer. And I feel like that is is truly like what this whole bruise less traveled thing is all about is that, yeah, we know, you know, Lexington, we know Kentucky for uh, all of its bourbon, but might as well uh, jump onto the beer train a little bit while that's uh, while that's going. And, you know, that's clearly what we're here to do. I know. I like that, too. I know that's really cute. They're kind of like admitting, you know what? I know we're known for bourbon, but hey, we got really good beer, too. So I think that is awesome. Uh, well, I am. Just so excited about tonight's brews, Molly. I don't know about you, but like I, I've been looking forward to this week very intensely uh, because tonight we've got a great guest, J.R. Redman, uh, who is the lead brewer at Blue Stallion Brewing Company. And look at that Blue Stallion that we've got in our little inclusions here. Uh, and we're going to be drinking two beers tonight. We've got the Dunkel Amber Lager and the Just a Phase IPA. Now, I was looking at that one. I was trying to figure out how to break it down. And I do love a good pun, so I appreciate the fact that all that came out there. So these are our two beers of the night. Uh, Molly, I just want to drink both of them, but I don't know if you've got one that you're leaning towards already or super, super amped about already. You know, as you know, Ethan, when I was on your podcast, The Beer Avengers, yes. I nicknamed myself the Hazy Lady because I do yes. love a nice, juicy, hazy New England style IPA. I'm actually kind of more excited about the Dunkel Amber Lager. I think this one is going to be delicious and it's not a style I typically drink. So I'm a little bit more excited about that one, which is kind of random because normally I'm such a hazy person. I think I drink a lot of hazy. So this is a nice little variety for me this evening. Yeah, I when I saw we had a Dunkel in there, I was like, ooh, it's been a moment. I'm excited about that one. Uh, but yes, I am always happy to try anybody's hazies. So Dunkel, Dunkel is uh, exciting, but hazy just warms my heart in a special way. You know, you are the hazy lady. I am the beer wonder. With our powers combined, we spread beer joy throughout the world, wherever we are. <laughs> it's endless what we can do. And you know what, Ethan, do you want to go ahead and crack open this Dunkel? Yeah, I mean, you don't have to ask me twice. So if you're drinking along at home, pop on in with this. I just also just, I know last week we did can art, but while you're pouring, I just love this beautiful picture of a jockey on a horse here. Really kind of pulls that stallion theme together. That's how you know it's a freshie right there. Good crack over here. All right, let's pour it. Look at this color. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's just exactly what you want out of a dunkel. 
and it's got good head growth, although very nice bu- big bubbles here. So I feel like it's going to go down sort of quick, which will be nice. A lot of a lot of people think, you know, with a with a lager, but it's going to be light. I think a lot of people think Pilsner. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I just love this because it's so malt forward and it oh, is yeah. darker and it's kind of, you know, it's a little different people kind of getting into the craft beer world. They don't really realize the variety of, of lagers. Oh, definitely. And I mean, this one, you can smell the malt right off the nose or just right the minute it hits. You can definitely tell it's going to have something caramelly. It's going to be something that's kind of a little bit richer. Super caramel, almost like toffee a little bit to me, like like a burnt Mm. caramel in a way, like Mm -hmm. a cooked, like baked caramel. Yeah, but it's got that kind of cleanness that I would want in a Dunkel. A little bit more about the Dunkel Amber Lager. This one clocks in at 5.4% ABV. It's got a nice IBU measurement of 24. So it's not super bitter, but the International Bitterness Unit will measure the bitterness of a beer based on the hop addition. So this is a Mm -hmm. nice kind of lower number. And it's a 15 on the SRM scale. So Mm. SRM stands for the standard reference method. And what SRM is, is a scale that is used for measuring the color intensity of a beer using something called the degrees love a bond. It's a little bit more technical than that, but we can leave it at there for now. But basically the SRM measures the color of your beer. It's something that I believe applies a little bit more to brewers than consumers. As a consumer, I'm more interested in ABV and IBUs personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I agree. I think, um, I mean, in, in, in the world of beer nerding, I feel like the SRM is the unloved abbreviation of our, uh, of our you know, set up. Uh, and one of the things I, uh, one of my favorite breweries here in New York City, actually, their logo is an SRM chart. Uh, and so one of my favorite things to do there, because they do give you a rough guess of what the color is going to be on there, is to, to see how well they color matched those beers. Uh, and there are plenty of SRMs charts on the internet, if that is something that you want in your pocket for your general beer exploring or nerding uh, out there in the world. This is delicious. I'm getting that sort of rich caramel on the finish, but Mm -hmm. it's super refreshing. It's got that light body that we want from a lager, but so much flavor. I really, really love this beer. Yeah, I this is a really good one, really refreshing. There is this like little kick on the very end that I really enjoy. It gives me this caramel note and then I get a bit of a just a slight bitterness at the very, very end of it. But I love something that spices things up just a little bit at the very end to give me a little extra excitement, too. Yeah. Um, And I think that's something that cold fermenting with a lager really kind of gives you. mm -hmm. And I'm excited to ask JR, our guest, when he comes on in a little bit, a little bit more about that, because something about that cold fermentation, it adds a little bit more to the crispness, kind of having mm -hmm. that slightly more delicate yeast in a lager. I could be speculating there, but it is. Yeah, it's got that fullness of a porter, but super drinkable, super nice. And so this style, a dunkel mm-hmm. was originally brewed in Munich and this classic dark lager has become quite popular throughout Germany. And so Blue Stallion, they use a large amount of Munich malts in this lager to provide that nice kind of bread-like taste with that hint of caramel we're loving. And that's really common in this particular style of beer. And they also use one of Germany's finest noble hops from the Mm. Hollertau region. And it really makes this beer as authentic as possible. And I'm really kind of picking up on this rich, sweet aroma, but it's super balanced and it's got this beautiful 
beautiful deep brown color, and it definitely gives your senses this overall enjoyable impression. Yeah, this so. is a fun one. How's your week been, Ethan? Oh, it's been really good, actually. It um, it is a I if it hasn't already, it's about to storm here in New York. But I uh, it was brutally hot last week. But I got a chance to go out to Long Island for a little while here, nice. uh, uh, which has beautiful beaches and is lovely. And swung by a number of breweries uh, out on the island uh, that I had some really terrific beers. I had a lovely amber out there um, that was just kind of delicious uh, from some folks at Oyster Bay. And I know oftentimes people sort of think about, you know, Long Island wineries for their better or for worse, but I was excited to like be like, yeah, let's rip for the beer scene out here. There's great stuff happening on the island. Uh, so so I sweated myself uh, like crazy. Molly, tell me what's going on uh, with you. I know that you're you're in moving transition. Are you getting used to your new home? And doing oh my God. I'm loving Chattanooga. So as everyone knows, I've moved to Chattanooga, Tennessee. I had a friend come in town this past weekend and we went kayaking on the Tennessee river. And obviously beer goes great with kayaking. I mean, I can sort of like, I can like fight with like when I was unpacking my boxes, I was like, beer goes really great with unpacking boxes. You know what I mean? I can justify like beer drinking with anything. Um, (laughs) But it was, it was so fun. I went kayaking on the Tennessee river Mm. and then got to the other side and there was this great little tap room, German style tap room. So great kind of, in our tradition here with blue with a blue stallion because they are focused on german style beers but yeah i went to this great little german style tap room had an awesome pretzel a beautiful brown ale and a beautiful goza so yeah basically my week has been amazing that sounds outstanding i mean a week that has beer uh in it or is focused around beer is always a good week right i think so too yeah Mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad things are things are, are working out and I've enjoyed watching you sort of explore parts of the town, getting to know your new spot, you know, visually. Uh, and while we are enjoying this beer, uh, I want to share a couple more fun facts about Lexington, um, because you guys know if I'm, not, I'm nothing else. I'm good around here for fun facts. But I know that, of course, we are all here for the beer. But as our postcard reminds us, it wouldn't be right for us not to respect that bourbon and mention the incredible bourbon because 95% of the world's bourbon is aged in Kentucky and there are nine distilleries within 35 minutes of Lexington, including two right downtown. Now, Molly, I know you were there to like drink the beer and respect the bourbon, but did you catch any bourbon the last time you were in Lexington? I did not. And I'm actually a huge bourbon lover, but I am going to Lexington, not this weekend, but next there's this awesome music festival called the Railbird Fest. Jason Isbell's playing Billy Strings. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. A lot of great acts are playing. So I'm going to be in Lexington next week and I'm definitely going to stop by Blue Stallion and I'm definitely going to pick up some bourbon. I never supposed to be talking about beer but i do love bourbon and manhattan's one of my favorite cocktails so hey. i'll have to i'll have to pick that up but uh, i'm excited to go and visit some of the breweries that we've been exploring this month on the live stream and podcast so i'm excited to kind of go back and now that i know the beers and i've met some of the people virtually i'm excited to go back and, and just kind of hang out and i definitely want to go to uh to blue stallion Speaking of bourbon, Bluegrass Tavern in the Cheapside Pavilion, which is an area in downtown Lexington, it's constantly being featured in publications like Garden and Gun, which is an amazing magazine, as one of the best bourbon bars in the entire Southeast, boasting a bourbon collection of over 450. And to bring beer back in the mix, 
the draft magazine claims the beer trap in the Chevy Chase area is one of America's top 100 beer bars. So don't ever let anyone tell you that bourbon is overshadowing beer in Lexington. And Chevy Chase is actually a neighborhood in Lexington that borders the University of Kentucky. So it's not just a hilarious actor in Christmas <laughs> vacation. It's actually, a na- I didn't know that. It's actually a neighborhood in um in Lexington. I thought that was kind of cool. And while you guys kick back and relax, let's learn just a tiny bit more about Blue Stallion. The idea behind Blue Stallion Brewing Company was hatched over the winter of 2011 with five founders, brothers, Corey, Xavier, and Zach Donnelly, along with Nico Schultz and Jim Clemens. And when we introduce our guest, JR, in just a little bit, he's going to elaborate on this story. But Lexington was really primed for local craft beer, and they wanted Mm. to bring their passion and expertise to the local beer scene. Yeah, well, you know, the craft beer market has been absolutely inundated with every form of IPA imaginable. You got your West Coast, you got your East Coast, you got your Midwest showing up, everybody out there. And while, you know, they enjoy hops as much as every craft beer drinker, or at least the next one, um, they wanted to make something kind of special with Blue Stallion. So though the beer industry is exploding in the United States, beer fans don't really have a lot of access here to traditional beer styles that you know, have been developing in Europe over centuries of brewing. So the crew at Blue Stallion felt that it was about time that beer drinkers got to experience those more traditional beers. And that's why they brew what they do. And honestly, I love that. I think that's such a great mission and like thing to stake your brewery on a bit. I agree. And they specialize in authentic German lagers and British ales, focusing on really traditional brewing techniques and ingredients. And they offer these approachable beers for the craft beer enthusiast, but also the first time craft beer drinker. And you really get that from this dunkle that we're trying tonight. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that that's so great. Finding gateway beers for our friends who may think that they don't like beer, who just haven't tried enough. Uh, It's great to have people who are doing accessible beers and interesting beers that are still complex and good for the, the nerds among us. I agree. With that being said, let's welcome on our guest this evening, J.R. Redmond, the lead brewer at Blue Stallion. J.R., how are you? I'm good. I like you guys talking about Lexington. This is, uh, this is exciting. <laughs> Honestly, Lexington was so beautiful. And like I said, I'm going to be there in a couple weeks. Yes, you got the dunkle. Yeah. Yeah. Railbird's a big thing. So I'm glad you're able to come back to Kentucky and uh, check that out. It's a big, that's a big event. Are you going to be there? I am not. You're going to be working. Oh, I'm going to be brewing the great beer that we make. I guess. Good. Well, you'll have to swing by and say hi and maybe give them a rundown of what's going on. Right, Molly? Yeah, absolutely. You know, do you we want have, to go ahead and open up this New England style IPA, the Just a Phase? Are, are you going to make me chug this right now? <laughs> I, I mean, Joseph, I wouldn't blame you if you did, because honestly, this has gone down way too fast for me. So seriously, it's, it's delicious. I just it's good. A little you know, bit uh, I like a good dunkel. Um, you know, I lived in Germany for a little bit. Oh, I think oh, this nice. is a very uh, good representation of the style. And uh, I hope you guys are enjoying it as well. I heard smooth and it was, uh, you know, you can put it down quick. Oh, yeah. Well, I got to ask, you've got this beautiful stein in front of you. Does this have a story? Uh, yes, actually, uh, I had purchased this in Munich when I was living there. Nice. And, uh, you know, this is actually what we serve. We serve the Dunkel in either half liter mm. or full liter. So if you want to get the bigger beer, 
uh, you can't. And I think that's great. So, uh, yeah, I just said, you know what, I'm going to try and represent, you know, what the glassware that we have and what we kind of represent our beer in. So this is kind of the exact representation. That's awesome. I love that. Let's go ahead and crack open the just a phase and you do not have to finish your first beer first. This isn't my first rodeo. <laughs> I, I, he's a professional. He knows what he's up against. Oh my gosh. All right. Um, so yeah, I know you guys like the German styles and I really appreciate that. Um, but uh, you know, we also like to appeal to everyone. We have the Goza we have other sours. We have new England's. Um, so this is one of them. This is like a seasonal release. Ethan, you said you like good puns. Just a phase was uh, kind of like a name that came about from the previous brewer. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a series that we've kind of continued. Uh, yeah, I, I dig it. I think it's just so great. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Oh, my goodness. It's Frost. super, yes. super mango tropically. Mm-hmm. And JR, I'm curious, what is your craft beer origin story? Uh, so I've only been with Blue Stallion for six full months. Oh, wow. um, I started home brewing back in 2013. I had this kind of like uh, epiphany back in 2012, which is actually when the craft beer scene blew up in Lexington. So like mm-hmm. West Six Brewing, Country Boy Brewing, they kind of started and it kind of was like, I was like, wait, this is cool. Right, what's going on here? I was in, at the University of Kentucky at the time, uh, agricultural economics major. So I wanted to study farm commodities like hops and grain and such. But then, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm going to start brewing instead. And uh, I brewed from like basically 2013 until actually about a year. I've been professionally brewing for about a year. Um, there was a little side story. I was doing industrial engineering for the automotive industry for a bit. I lived in Germany, et cetera, et cetera. But that's kind of like the origin story. Actually uh, kind of interned, if you will, at Mir Twin Brewing, another brewery in Lexington. And then I actually worked at Lexington Brewing and Distilling uh, for about another three months. And then um, I saw that the head brewer of Blue Stallion was uh, leaving to go venture off to another uh, venture of his own. And uh, I've known those guys. This is actually my favorite brewery. So I was like, absolutely, hey, let's do it. Yeah. So, look at that. Like, you know, you guys have a gamut uh, that I don't think anybody can compete with. You have the loggers, you have the sours, you have the IPAs, you have anything you want to do. And this is where I want to be. So, that's I'm kind of the super- origin story wrapped up. I don't know if that's a long story, the short story. But- so you've been at Blue Style in about six months. And yes. I love I love these beers that we're tasting because they're so mm-hmm. radically different. And this hazy is beautiful. This New England style IPA. It is so delicious. It's definitely a tropical explosion. Mm-hmm. You get mango, you get it's pineapple, you get kind of like juicy fruit and yeah i think it's absolutely delicious so this one clocks in at 6.8 percent abv and you guys use some el dorado azaka and citra hops am i saying Correct. that right azaka 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 yeah and it kind of it you know it's almost like this nice little counter to the dunkles this more multi kind of like sure. mild ibu beer it's it's really it's really delicious and so i'm curious also how did the donnelly brothers meet nico schultz and jim clemens those were the other founders of the company because i know the don they, there was three brothers and then they met Correct. the other guys how did they meet i'm curious i don't know the full story and i feel like i got kind of like an abridged version but uh, <laughs> i think this was Corey's kind of dream uh he's the youngest brother of the three of uh xavier and zach but uh this was his dream and he had met jim clemens through a uh meeting 
uh, about brewing and such. And that's when Jim was like, well, I know somebody who actually can brew. And that's when, you know, Corey, who has like a business major, was like, great. Okay. We had a chemist or, you know, in, uh, an engineer, essentially. Uh, then we have a brewer and then we have someone that can run the business and run, do the books and do all that stuff. So he was like, awesome. So that's kind of how they all kind of uh, met and started the business. Uh, and that was like, what, I guess 2011, 2012. Um, way before, obviously I got involved, but that's kind of the, that's kind of the gist with those guys. Right on. And I noticed when I visited, mm-hmm. you guys had copper brewing equipment. Oh yeah. Was there a reason for that? Or was it purely aesthetic? It looks incredible. I remember being a patron back in 2013, this place opening, obviously I told you guys about like seeing the craft beer explosion in Lexington in 2012. Yeah. And I asked him, I'm like, man, like, where'd you all get your equipment and uh, how'd you go about it? And if you can like kind of take a step back and look at the craft beer industry back in 2012 uh, or in that, you know, time frame, it was really hard to kind of get equipment. There wasn't like a, like, craft beer equipment wasn't as ubiquitous as it is like today. I feel like you can, you know, call ABE, you can call SS brew tech, you can call whomever and be able to get equipment. Um, so they were able to find used equipment from a brewery. I guess they've changed their name to like Ravenclaw. Uh, but that's actually who they purchased it from, uh, out of Michigan, which was a brew pub. Um, so they got what they could get, if you will, but I think, uh, it kind of matches, uh, kind of what we're going for, which is kind of like an older style. And I think that the copper adds some aesthetics that are just um, paramount to compare to other breweries. I think it's, it's beautiful. Now, if you get get it wet, if you get it wet, you have to, that lacquer, you have to kind of re, (laughs) you you have to, you have to keep it clean. It's not, it's not an easy. Yeah. It's like, how do you not get brewing equipment wet? But (laughs) yeah, like it's cold. (laughs) You're you're cleaning another tank next to it. But uh, I I really like it. And a lot of people, um, you know, you can see even like uh, in the background, our bar has that copper on it. take a beer break. So you just heard me mention that Blue Stallion uses copper brewing equipment. Let's learn a little bit more about copper brewing equipment. So long before stainless steel entered the market, copper was actually the go-to metal for brewery equipment. Its popularity dropped sharply once stainless steel became more affordable, but copper actually remains a solid choice for brewing kettles thanks to its excellent thermal conductivity. And in beer fermentations, copper acts to reduce concentrations of hydrogen sulfide, which is a gas that has an aroma reminiscent of like rotten eggs. However, copper does have its drawbacks. As JR mentions, it's very difficult to clean, much more difficult than stainless steel. I have to be honest, it was so beautiful. So purely based on aesthetics, it beats stainless steel any day. I loved visiting Blue Stallion because you guys kind of had this like whole half open, half closed concept. I think there was sort of like kind of garage doors. Correct. And, and, and you guys, everyone was so friendly. Shout out to Elena, the bartender. Oh, she's great. She just was so funny and so sweet. She sat down and chatted with me. Amazing personality. Just so funny. Just shout out to her. She was great. And I had the yummy pretzel that you guys had. You guys had such, and you guys were actually my favorite brewery that I visited while in Lexington. 
Michigan. I always pick okay. a favorite each month, you know, and it's no discredit to all the other breweries. Cause honestly, we do not pick a bad brewery or have a bad beer on this mm-hmm. show, but I always like to pick my one that personally was just my favorite. I think it was the combination of friendly staff, yummy food, and this traditional <laughs> style, but that kind of was unique and kind of has a boldness. And yes. I know that Blue Stallion really has a mission of boldly traditional craft beer. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? What makes them more bold? You know, before that, I will say that the attention to detail that Mm. our current cook has, the name is Greg Spalding with salt and vinegar, uh, which is inside Blue Stallion. His attention to detail is amazing. Everything is basically made in-house. The only thing that's not made is the actual pretzel itself. The fish, he's getting the whole fish in for like the salmon and the salad. Uh, Of course, he changes his menu every season, but his attention to detail with that is kind of married with my attention to detail with brewing. And it's, it's fantastic. Uh, but to answer your question about like boldly traditional, um, you know, like I feel like we make beer the hard way, which is, mm. I think kind of like the, like we're bold about it. Um, a lot of, you know, American breweries will, I'm not trying to like talk bad about anybody, by any means, but like, <laughs> you know, cut corners or find ways to manipulate a process or adding something that isn't basically a Rhein Heitzkeboot, but we try to follow that letter of the law for all of our styles. So like the Dunkel for sure, which you've had with the Hefeweizen, we have a bunch of other slew of beers as well. We have a, like Lexington Lager. We have a Box Sabbath. We have our Doppelbach. We have our Czech Pills. We have a Kolsch coming out this week, nice. et cetera. So we try to, you know, make beer the hard way and just use four ingredients. And I think that is basically uh, it says in the final beer, like it, it tastes very good. I, ho- I hope you guys like the dunkle because that's, that's the, that's it right there. Let's take a beer refresh for a second. Now, you guys have heard me mention this in earlier episodes, but just to refresh your memory, the Reinheitsgebot is the German purity law enacted in Bavaria in 1516. What this purity law did was it restricted the ingredients in beer to just barley, hops, and water. They later figured out that they needed yeast as well. Almost 500 years later, this simple regulation is still the basis for governing beer production in Germany. And beer drinkers worldwide view it as an assurance of quality let's get back to the episode and so do you follow the run heights boat for all of the beers that you brew even even the new england style ipa we're no so if it's okay. if it's basically an american beer like an american <laughs> pale ale if it's an ipa if it's whatever, so like we will trick the system with like water chemistry or we'll you know try to adjust things here and there but you know the other the other part about like the fully traditional, I feel like back and again, if you could imagine the beer scene back in 2012, 2013, whatever, is that like most breweries have like just a blonde or like an amber or like mm-hmm. an IPA or a pale ale. And we were like, you know what? Like we want to educate people on like a dunkel. Like not a lot of people know what a dunkel is. We still have people yeah. come into the tap room every day and like, can I get the Heathel Weizen? I'm like, no, <laughs> like it's a Hefeweizen like that. Or like, can I get the the Heless and I'm like the Hellas. So like, I think it was not just, um, we didn't want to have like the same beer that everybody else had. We want to have like, you know, some tradition, but we wanted to make it bold and make it the same way that the people in Germany are making. That's so cool. I love this idea of, of finding ways to get people who are new to, you know, beer that is maybe more elevated than a traditional, uh, mass produced American lager, kind of getting them into that 
into our into into this world. So the I mean German beers are amazing, and uh, clearly we are all loving this one tonight. But it, and and besides that sort of that sense of challenge and and some of the the ideas of being able to bring these styles that aren't often seen here. What is it that you particularly or enjoy most about brewing a German style beer? I like drinking them. <laughs> so no, a brewer who brews no. what he likes to drink is the person whose beer I want to drink. But no, to really answer your question, I really love taking a handful of ingredients and really tricking it out to make the best product. So you're really only taking four ingredients, like to follow what I right. about, you know, yeah. grain, water, yeast, and hops, mm-hmm. to be able to like just pay attention to the process from the, the mash in. Like I'm, I'm sweating, you know, like it's oh, eight wow. o'clock in the morning, you know, I'm, I'm working my ass off, you know, and, and I'm making sure I'm setting up the process and setting the concrete foundation to build whatever I need to. And I think that being able to put in that work, the effort to test it, uh, to change the temperatures, to do the diacetyl test, to be able to logger for the duration. Cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of breweries that don't logger beer long enough. Mm-hmm. And so almost like you have to be lazy on purpose and, you know, let it sit in the tank for a yeah. long duration of time, but being able to like manipulate those four ingredients and like turning into something that's just crisp, clean, enjoyable, and consistent. It's like, uh, I don't know. So yeah. how long is long when you're lagering? That's a minimum, minimum of 30 days in the tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like it goes through the primary fermentation, it gets to terminal gravity, and then it's sitting in the fermentation tank on the yeast cake for 30 days minimum. And we don't, we don't budge for that. We don't, we don't let, oh, two weeks. Nah, no, it's, it's fine. Yeah. No, 30 days. That is the, that is the cutoff point, like the minimum. That's epic. I mean, I know, you know, we see so many ales turning over in so many of our breweries because mm. they do go faster, but it's, it's, this beer somebody, turns over so fast. There's so many polyphenols in this beer and like, I'm it sure. Matter. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's still, it's delicious. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it's nice to see someone who's taking the time with the sort of artistry of that, which is awesome. Now, speaking of artistry and going back to roots, uh, you know, I know you guys are big on the noble hops. Do you have a preferred hop addition yourself? Well, I mean, yeah, we, we basically use like, Hotel Magnum, Hotel mm-hmm. Metal Fruit. Mm-hmm. We use saws. We use uh, German tradition. Uh, I don't know how do you say uh, Smaragard or whatever, which is basically emerald. Uh, we use those like basically in all of our uh, lagers. Uh, but my favorite hops. Uh, this mm-hmm. is different because I like you know you said you're the would you say the hazy lady? Mm-hmm. Yes, I love, hazy I lady right here. I might be the Dunkel lady now, though. Yeah, we we, we, well, we may have converted her tonight. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, hey, I'm not going to be mad at that because I mm-hmm. definitely, nine times out of ten, I'm drinking the lager on tap anyway. But I really like Vic Secret, and I love El Dorado. I mean, El Dorado is in this beer. I just like uh, the piney, like pineapple and mango and tropical notes that it gives. I think that El Dorado is like, it's a cheap hop. Not like, you know, I know Citra is expensive. Big Secrets expensive, Galaxy right. expensive, et cetera, et cetera. But like El Dorado, I feel like is ubiquitous enough, uh, ubiquitous enough in the market. You can get it and it tastes phenomenal. But uh, I, hazies are, you know, all the rage right now. And, you know, how do you balance balance sort of the needs of like staying on trend and following the trends with sort of holding true to this mission? So like I could go like a thousand different directions of this question, but like, sure. you know, just a phase, I feel like the name, you know, mm-hmm. uh, this, so this was a name that was, um, kind of given 
before I got there. Sure. And uh, I kind of wanted to like bring my own flair to it once I started. Um, mm-hmm. We have like a slew of different ones. We have Infinite Wave, which is like our house specialty New England IPA now that I've uh, started. But, you know, like that's kind of one of the reasons why they hired me was they wanted New England IPAs and they wanted them uh, to be on you know tap because we have all these other beers. But I, uh, I like to follow the trends. I like to have a menu that can appeal to anyone's palate just to kind of give you kind of inside scoop. We're going to be doing our own cider and our Ooh. own seltzer. Ooh. All right. Yeah. So, okay, we, so you do do a little trend every now and then. Yes. yes. Seltzers are on trend. Yes. So Lexington craft beer week was postponed. It usually uh, is in May, but it's going to be the first week of October. So what we're going to do is do a um, special like tasting, essentially, of our first attempt at seltzers and ciders, see what they like, not like, and uh, go from there. I think that that's the best way to go. But uh, I honestly am just curious on any form of fermentation. Do you guys do any barrel aging? Um, Yeah. So there's some barrels there. That's kind of the good thing about being in Kentucky. You guys talk about bourbon. Yeah. Like we can literally get barrels that were empty that day or the next day. Like as in terms of freshness, like we uh, were almost spoiled. Uh, those barrels were actually filled before me. I did mention we brewed a Doppelbach. So uh, I'll be getting some uh, bourbon barrels for our Doppelbach. And then we have some other stuff that I want to do. I don't know what our entire plan is for those, but uh, we have a Russian Imperial Stout we're brewing next week. I want to do a Texas Chewy Praline Bourbon Barrel Aged Russian Imperial Stout. I know that's a lot. You just used all of my favorite words. And JR, I am curious, what is your ideal day off in Lexington? Is it played out that I'd say that I would love to visit other breweries because that's exactly what I do. No, I go to, uh, I go to mere twin brewing. Uh, love those guys. Uh, love all the staff, love the food, love the atmosphere, basically run into everybody in the uh, beer industry in Lexington. also love to visit the distillery district, which I don't know. You said that's where, yeah. So you went down there. Awesome. I went down so. there. We, we featured a pivot and fusion down there. Yes. That's such a cool area. Yeah. So uh fusion's down there, Wisebird Cidery is down there, Ethereal Brewing. I think the mm. brewer there is probably one of the best brewers in Kentucky, bar none. Like uh he's he's the real deal. And there's also pizza there, there's ice cream, there's other bars there. So there's like a, a medley of stuff kind of going down there. Um, so I really like enjoying that area. And then honestly, like since I live in Frankfurt which is 30 minutes away. Uh, I like trying to find some new uh, food spots and I feel like that's, uh, that's pretty easy to find, but basically beer uh, and food. Oh, and you know what? There's a new place that just opened like, Oh man, like two months ago, it's a sake place. Oh yes. Nice. Yeah. And it's just down the street from uh, mirror twin brewing off national Avenue. It's basically the only sake production facility in Kentucky. Oh, cool. And it's very good. The guys there know what they're doing. Like That's it's, awesome. it's, yeah, yeah. Chris, who is the owner at Fusion, mm-hmm. he was talking about how he loves sake. Yes. Really cool. Maybe that's like the next up and coming thing in Lexington. I just think that anybody uh, that appreciates, you know, we already have a rich culture of people that are bourbon drinkers, anything that can be made here, I think people are going to embrace 
open it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It seems like there's a very tight knit community in Lexington. Yeah. I am almost done with this. <laughs> with this it, it, it is but dangerous. I had to chug mine. What were you doing? I, <laughs> <Just> chug <me. laughs> I'm not telling you to chug it. I'm not done. No, no, no. We love when the guests give us shit. We, that's oh, like, okay, oh, okay. There's not a lot of rules here. Honestly, JR, when I come in, uh, when I go to Lexington in a couple weeks for the uh, Rail Bird Festival, yeah. I'm going to stop by the brewery. I would love to Please. get that meet you in person because i know when i went you weren't there as we wrap up here it is time for our rapid fire questions yes so don't think just answer are you ready can art fun or distracting uh distracting what is the beer that you love to hate uh (laughs) barley wine Barley wine. Okay. Interesting. Oh, God. Okay. Mm. I want to elaborate on that, but it's rapid fire. We can't. Uh-huh. I know we can't. <laughs> what will the next beer craze be? I don't think it'll be beer. What do you Ooh. think? Ooh. That this is rapid fire. I don't know. This is well, my next question, my next question does uh, tie into this a little bit. Uh, when it's not beer, what are you drinking? Um, a light lager. A light lager. And I think that'll actually kind of answer your question or the wow. question. Right on. Okay. Stouts all year round or only in the winter? All year. 100%. I, high five. Virtual high five there. <laughs> Give me a double. Tara, it's been a pleasure having you. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Man, you know, I had some questions and now I forgot because we've had such a good time. I really enjoyed uh, talking with you guys. Uh, you guys talking about Lexington in such a way that uh, makes me happy. Um, so I'm glad that you're coming to Railbird. Um, I hope you guys like my beer uh, or our beer, I should say. Uh, but, you know, I, I enjoyed the time. This is uh, this has been very fun. Yeah. And thank you all so much for tuning in today. Thank you to my wonderful co-host, Ethan. Be sure to tune in next week as we close out our month in Lexington and chat with Brandon Flown, the co-founder and head brewer at Ethereal Brewing and drink their tropical goza. Thank you all so much for tuning in. It's always a blast having a beer with you. Don't forget to sign up for the Brews Less Traveled Beer Club, and this way you'll get the beers I've been drinking delivered right to your doorstep, plus exclusive access to our weekly live streams. You can also follow Bruvana on Instagram and me as well at Molly underscore Brews Less Traveled. I always love hearing from you guys, especially if it's a beer recommendation. So keep the messages coming. Cheers.